into the moonlight. Into the Mothlight. Hello and welcome to episode 6 of Into the Mothlight. This time, an interview with visual artist Jacques Percon. Jacques has been a major figure in the French digital art and avant-garde film scenes since the late 1990s. He concentrates on the landscape, utilising a variety of forms, including linear film for cinema and generative film for exhibition and gallery spaces, audiovisual performance, photography and installation. His main focus is to examine our ongoing cultural and technical relationships with nature. Jacques is a regular visitor to and exhibitor at the Alchemy Film and Moving Image Festival in Scotland. I've had the pleasure of experiencing his work in a variety of spaces and settings and to get to know him a little bit better over this time. I find it tricky to describe his work, however, a quote on his website goes some way to capturing it. It says... Discovering the work of Jacques Bercon is travelling in a country with magical landscapes where time expands. The colours gush from all sides. The image becomes a pictorial material to transform the cinema screen into a true painting. The second half of the interview was recorded high up on the banks of a historic 16th century castle, where we had just watched a special 16mm screening of Stan Brakhage's The Text of Light. Jacques was in Scotland to present his work 29 Minutes at Sea. To start with, I asked him, with the sea so well represented in art, why take that as a starting point for this work? Into the Mothlight. In fact, it's a piece that I film in. I was filming on July and it was between the 13th and the 14th of July, around the National Day in France. And you know, this year, this is this was a year there where there was several terrorist attack in France, and uh, I think plenty of French were a bit scared about something new happen, and I was me, I was about sure something would happen again, and uh, on the 13 on the evening, I was at fire firework place, and uh, so it was very crowded, and uh, nothing happened. Uh, in France at that moment and the uh, following days uh, at the end of the day I was filming the sea it's not the ocean it's uh, the sea uh, between France and uh, uh, England and uh, and then at the same quite at the same time there was a terrorist attack in Nice uh, where a lot of people died and some uh, have been hurt and so it's, it's very violent and and when I came back and I watched my image and I had this thing in my head, it was not possible for me to uh, uh, ignore this. I had to connect uh, the sea uh, and the violence. Uh, and so I decided to make something like uh, to pull out blood from the colors uh, of the sea and to make the, the blood float uh, on the water and let the water with the waves uh, disappear with time. So uh, so it's a 29 minutes uh, video, it's the length uh, of my uh, shots. Uh, and uh, it has been um, 
filmed at 250 uh, images per second and played at, uh, at 25, so it's 10 times slow down. And the sound is uh, the direct sound you, uh, I, I add with the, the small camera uh, which I used to, to film. And it's also slowed down, but as it's a digital you know, uh, file uh, and not so good quality, uh, the video and the audio are not so good quality on this camera. Uh, so you have artifacts in the sound, you have some uh, clicks and some uh, high frequencies uh, due, I think may maybe the sound is something like MP3. Mm -hmm. um, and then I've put uh, uh, on, an, on another layer on the sound, uh, raw uh, uh, winds uh, I took with uh, an, an Agra recorder uh, on the other side. And it's edited. It's like um, uh, the only thing edited in the film and the only thing uh, uh, designed uh, is the sound, this raw sound, because we have uh, two, uh, a stereo front channel and a stereo uh, rear channel. So it's a quadraphonic uh, piece. And, uh, and so it's like a scenario, a random scenario, because it's a loop uh, video. So the sound constructs uh, itself, though there is uh, a layer connected to the video and another layer completely uh, uh, disconnected. It, it doesn't length the same time, so it's looping and uh, it's uh, desynchronizing uh, with the film uh, in time. It was interesting to hear the um, the idea that prompted that because I did have a question for you about your source material. So you had this idea to make a statement about the terrorist attacks in France at the time and, and link that to the, the power and the violence of the sea. And, and because your images are so heavily manipulated, what's your thought, thought process in finding the right kind of source material? And I, I know in the symposium, you talk about um, places that you go to and people that you meet that informs your work. But when you're looking at the sea, um, do you have something in mind at that stage? No, I, I don't, you know, for example, the place where I filmed the, uh, these waves, uh, maybe I've filmed there over 20 times uh, for uh, maybe 10 years. So it's a place where I do often go and I film <laughs> every time I go. Uh, but may, maybe not 10 times or 20, maybe 50 times in 10 years. Uh, it's really a, a place where I film a lot. And, uh, Every time I see uh, strong waves, I want to film them because they, uh, they contain something that I really love. So uh, uh, most of the time it's not connected to something. It's connected to my work in general, mm -hmm. but not a, a precise uh, uh, work. I, I was there because I wanted to make image for my opera. Uh, but I, I know, you know, there is the idea of making image for the opera, but I didn't know which <laughs> ones. Mm -hmm. So I make plenty of image, and I know I will use them. Um, I decided afterwards to uh, make this statement about the terrorist attack. And in fact, uh, I, it takes maybe something. Took maybe something like one year before I write something about the link between the film and the terrorist attack. At the beginning, I didn't really want to uh, connect the both. For me, it was just uh, a, a violent situation uh, or a metaphoric violence because the, in the reality, it's, it's not very violent. Uh, it's just powerful. 
uh, I, st I started to uh, explain. At the beginning, I didn't explain <laughs> to the people what it was. Uh, it was just red appearing on the sea. And, uh, and at one moment, just by myself, I, without no thinking, uh, I started to explain it and to link directly uh, this time. I think uh, I, I needed time, you know, mm -hmm. to get free from the idea that I would use uh, this terrorist attack as a communication tool for my work. Uh, I always have that fear, you know, when you have, you film something uh, extraordinary or you link something, you know, uh, you make a reaction to something, uh, then there might be some ego, you know, uh, inside of that. And I, I, I try to protect myself of doing things like that. Into the moth light. Into the moth light. One of the things I was interested in in, in in your work, and it's a question I'm asking a lot of artists as part of these podcast chats, is about at what stage you think a work is finished. So if you think of um, 29 minutes at sea, so at what point do you think that you've you've done enough to those particular images that you're satisfied to, to share with people? Yeah, it, it's a very difficult question because... Uh, to, to be uh, true, uh, one week before to come back, I w as it was the first time it was exhibited as an installation, uh, it, it used to be uh, exhibited um, as a, uh, but not it's it not exhibited. It's a, it's a film it, and it's it's screened, and in fact, uh, I I had the idea to make it again, you know, to take again my raw images and to uh, reprocess it to make again uh, a new action of taking blood of it and uh, but yeah it's nonsense because of the situation yeah there, there was no terrorist attack i want to link mm -hmm. and I, I i'm not connected to something uh, personally at that moment uh, so it was just a, a, a relation to uh, what is the state of my images today and uh, it's a uh, uh, a full-time, you know, evolution and years and after years and weeks and after weeks, I'm always progressing in my techniques. And so uh, things change and today I, I produce image uh, really uh, in a better quality. Maybe you you notice it when you, you saw in my talk when I show uh, my last works on For the Opera. And so there is always, you know, it's like you. Uh, I'm learning to do it by myself. So. Uh, I'm going in a certain way, uh, uh, so uh, I'm not that this idea that something is finished uh, or something is enough. Uh, it's just that something is uh, at uh, its best state uh, at one moment uh, when I produce it, and uh, when I feel that I cannot uh, go further. For me, I just stop and uh, and leave it like that. Mm -hmm. So it's it's not finished because I could, you know, uh, months or years after do it better. Mm -hmm. And plenty of my films are, are like that. You know, the uh, the quality of the image, what the image does, uh, 
it's the state of my art at this moment uh, where I did it. So it's why it's funny to have uh, this relationship to my work and uh, to see how, how, how am I working, you know. Uh, um, it's the same technique from the beginning of the 2000 and today, but it grew up. Mm -hmm. and uh, and technology change and so everything is integrated uh, like that and my consciousness also change and as I was explaining for the opera I let things uh, go away from me you know from the constraint I had or the concept of what uh, should the editing or what can an image be uh, plenty of things change in me and so with that you know I, I could uh, just make one film and reprocess it <laughs> and make new film with mm -hmm. just this one uh, so um, for me finishing something for example you, you saw Atric yeah. mm -hmm. and you, you saw that uh, the first time I've shown the film it was not finished uh, because I didn't uh, film at this moment uh, I didn't film in the mills yeah so the first version of Etrick that was shown, the end was not the same, and uh, uh, so and but for me it was uh, uh, important to show it to people, you know, at this stage. Uh, and I knew that the film will be longer and that it was missing things inside. Uh, and I, in big films, I do often do that, you know. In in short films, I don't do that that, that things because it's uh, it's done quite. Uh, quickly but in long films I like at what moments to share it with people mm -hmm. and what I share is the state where I am uh, and I have to see it you know when I see it in my studio or alone in a cinema it's really not the same than bringing it to the public and share it with the public and feel how I am in the public and how the public is with the film but it's mainly uh, how I am uh, having the same experience as uh, you know, as the public has at that moment, uh, with the, my knowledge of the thing. So, and I, and I, what I see at that moment uh, is if I need to put something else or to, to remove something, it's sufficient. You know, if I have only one question, if I just say, "Um, oh, this thing, I don't, I'm not sure," or maybe I see this thing too much, or maybe this thing is not so visible. I will change it, but if I look it by myself alone, I don't see the same thing. Mm -hmm. It's very very different. So uh, uh, you, there is a, in my filmography a very strong example of that. Uh, it's a, a film called uh, Terras Campones. Uh, it's a film that's 18 minutes about Madeira Island, and uh, and I went so I made it and I screened it, and when I screened. Uh, I told myself, oh, this is not the film I want to do. So I changed it completely. And so uh, I made another film that's called M uh, for Madeira. And it's uh, something like 34 minutes. And this is the same film, in fact, but it's the order is completely different. So the beginning of the first one is the end of the second one. And uh, all the processing is different inside. And I, I changed my mind. Uh, you know, in doing, and in fact, it's because I've seen it uh, with the public, and the public love it. You know, and it had success, and people were very happy with plenty of things in in this film. But 
I didn't see the film I wanted to do. And uh, so I, I have a big, bit strange relationship with this question of finishing something, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Into the moth light. Into the moth light podcast. So this is the second half of our interview with Jacques Procon and we've had a, a significant change of scenery um, maybe you'd be best to describe where we are and what we can see from here uh, so we are just uh, in the middle of the countryside in the borders and uh, on a, maybe the, one of the biggest hills uh, surrounding us and we just uh, I've seen a text of flight of Stan Breckage uh, in, in a whole castle so and it's very quiet it's very quiet when when we spoke last time I was I asked you the question about when you think a piece of work is finished and we will talk about Stan Brackage in a minute I think since we've both been able to watch the film when I met you in your installation this week you were standing at the back um, watching the work so the next stage is to present the, the images so at that stage as an installation piece what are you looking for are you, you checking the projection are you checking you're happy with the, the sound to, to let people uh, you know uh, experience it in the way that you intend I, I was experiencing uh, <laughs> me too you know um, when, when I make my, my film or my installations uh, whatever I do is also to be a uh, a spectator after so it's I think it's something that uh, is always with me when I when I'm working this idea that it's something I'm gonna live again and again um, maybe the, all the rest of my life um, so I'm always building uh, things to habit them there is quite nothing I made I don't like uh, so I, I always meet, you know, in festivals uh, or in life, some artists that make film and, you know, what they put in their film is something that they have to throw them outside of them. Mm-hmm. And then they, once it's finished, they don't want to, uh, to experience it again. Um, I'm not doing that kind of stuff. I, I'm really doing things I want to uh, uh, experience again. Uh, and, and this is my pleasure, and this is what I want to share with the people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, it's I, I'm a, li- a bit like them. Uh, the difference is that I set up the thing and <laughs> and I dis- decide how it works. But uh, after I like to to spend time, and so I've spent time in my installation uh, at the Crown Building uh, with the spectators, and I and I look also how they. Um, uh, detect time inside the, the piece, and but I don't, I do not pay t- attention to the people that don't take time or just pass and don't look for something. I pay attention to the people who who stay a long time, and you know it's like to, um, I don't know. It's, uh, it's, uh, I'm quite happy. I, I don't, I don't search for people to say 
to me that they liked or they understood something or but uh, uh, I expect seeing them leaving something mm -hmm. okay so let's talk about the Stan Brackage film that we've just seen so is is uh, as an artist and a filmmaker um, what does his work mean to you and I appreciate that's quite a big question uh, it's a, a, an expression of of uh, the, the inner work of someone whose uh, life is dedicated to art and uh, it's exploration it's a deep exploration of phenomenon uh, he loved and um, it's like a huge collection of fascinating things mm -hmm. and I really well, maybe uh, Brackage is my favorite filmmaker for years uh, about what he did with films you know uh, all his explorations all all what he tried out and also because uh, he had this idea that uh, he always wanted to make new images in all his films. Uh, and to, um, we have absolutely no concessions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so um, it's funny because some of his films are three seconds, uh, some, <laughs> some are very longer, uh -huh. uh, some are very intense, and some ask you to be very attentious and. Uh, be very present to uh, to stand uh, in the in their time so it's uh, I don't know it's like an, an encounter with you know it, I, I think the same about my works um, it's like meeting him in a certain way mm -hmm. uh, at one moment mm -hmm. I, and I really appreciate to see it uh, in such a context yes uh -huh. you know, it's like a gift uh, mm -hmm. uh, so, um, you know, when I have um, some kind of long programs, uh, when I'm invited by a cinematic or uh, a festival and they ask me for something like a, a retrospective of my work, I, I do not like this idea of retrospective, but I like this idea of creating a program of films. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and the more and more I, I'm uh, introducing... Uh, works of other filmmakers in this kind of programs uh, I'm asked for mm -hmm. and there is always a place for breakage mm -hmm. uh, I, I, I could only put <laughs> breakage films without mine you know, but <laughs> I think it's not what I, they expect Into the light. There were sections within that film that I, I, I did see comparisons to your work and it was about some very vivid reds that appeared um, at various points in Stan Brackage's film. And that, that takes us to, I think, um, from memory, the end of Ectric, which you've presented here, and um, 29 Minutes at Sea, your new work. Red does play an important part in, in, in your work, so does it tie into your idea of, of, of violence, perhaps? Yes, the violence in uh, in 20 minutes, 29 Minutes at Sea, it's it's a question of the violence and and it's related to the blood also uh, this red someone told me about the fire but I didn't fuck about fire but um, but for me it was blood uh, uh, at, for 29 minutes at sea uh, it's very different in a trick uh, because in a trick uh, there is several, several different threads and um, 
it's maybe a, a bit related to violence and also to um, um, let's remind me for not for the end because you know I used uh, colors from fabrics mm -hmm. uh, for Etwick and on the on the, the fabrics I, I, I collected there was a deep red one uh, and with quite no blue inside the red so it's quite strong red mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and uh, but a bit dark and for me this uh, it was uh, maybe the, the more disconnected for the landscape from the landscape mm -hmm. I've seen mm -hmm. uh, of the fabrics because what uh, what really touched me when I started to uh, film uh, in this place and uh, uh, and I I was at the same time going uh, to uh, to the textile shops and and I had this uh, connection between the the colors of the textile, especially in the museum. The textile you have in the museum, mm -hmm. you know, this yellow you find on the little flowers in the fields. This is exactly the same yellow <laughs> that you have on fabrics, and uh, and so uh, I had a deep connection between the, the colors of the textile and the color of nature here, and I really loved it. And this red, I haven't seen it in nature. No, it's for me. It was something very uh, cultural, and so uh, I wanted it to be the last color of um, the transformation for the transformation of the forest with the forestry, where they called other trees. You know, it's uh, taken from the ground and it's uh, quite very violent with the landscape. Mm -hmm. So it's m maybe a, uh, as the expression of violence than. Uh, at the expression of culture uh, and, and not something not uh, um, from here from this uh, la landscape mm -hmm. it's interesting to be reminded of the, the the fabrics that you filmed and studied for Etric and I'm interested in the fact that although your medium is is, is digital there is so much warmth within the images as well sometimes it almost looks as if you are touching fabric or, or, or something that's that's tangible rather than just zeros and ones yeah it's uh it's a thing i have you know um i really know uh, the difference between uh, silver film and digital film and uh and for certain works i rather prefer not not my but for for work aware some sometimes they choose the video the di digital video and they try to express something very living uh, that the video stops and I, i'd rather prefer they choose to make it uh, on silver film mm -hmm. uh, and sometimes i understand it's mainly a question of uh, uh, of money because it, it expends a lot to have uh, a, a, a silver film work work for me, uh, the question is uh, a bit different uh, because I believe, um, and I, I haven't found, uh, and it's not, uh, I don't have the answer, but I believe that uh, there is something happening with the optics uh, uh, where you can f force uh, the digital to go uh, into something where know you feel the tension of something living and something not living more uh, the optics uh, that you have on most of the cameras of the digital cameras are made for the sensor 
And so there is a very technical relationship between the optic and uh, the digital system behind, made for uh, to, to, to give the, the camera a capacity of making very standard images in a certain way. And uh, when you look for a distortion between uh, optics and sensor, uh, something starts to happen. There is like a tension uh, between uh, a moving world and a stabilized uh, technology. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, and this is something that uh, went very strong on certain certain tryouts and you you can s can see it on some my new films but not on the last ones uh, it's more and more I try to uh, disrupt uh, the question of the camera I, I filmed the the tempest you you've seen in my opera uh, most of the image uh, were filmed with a small a photo camera mm -hmm. uh, that shoots uh, a lot of frame per second I was filming for binoculars with uh -huh. my, my camera. Oh yeah. Uh, and so there is a huge huge light uh, distortion with that. And and it's not translating in a good way the perspective. You know, the, these optics are not made uh, to, uh, to be filmed uh, inside, you know. And so it's something happening in a wrong way. Mm -hmm. uh, there is color distortions uh, surrounding the subjects. And so it's perfect for me in my technique, uh, this kind of thing. And um, but it's vibrating, you know. It's fighting. I'm I'm trying to fight uh, this extreme stabilization of uh, the image uh, because it's only data after. So uh, I'm working more and more in this question of of op optics, and also uh, I have a very strong. Uh, relationship with the resolution of the image mm -hmm. uh, and I think when you really understand it and really masterize it uh, you can make things appear uh, that tend to disappear if you if you don't um, as we you can see sometimes in films uh, so I have a very strong and very uh, technique relationship to color uh, while, while I film and after uh, I film. Uh, and I also really care about the way they are projected. Uh, so when it's in the cinema, uh, it's having a relationship with the uh, colorimetric space of the cinema, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. to force him, for example, to go a, a bit further, yeah. uh, to have stronger colors. Uh, and when it's uh, in, the, in a special space, is. Uh, being uh, picky with the projector, with the screen, mm -hmm. <laughs> so so that the experience is there. Yeah, and I think it's that attention to color and a, attention to the way the work is presented that makes it such a, a, a joy to to experience your work. It's been great to have a chat with you. Thank you very much for joining me outside this lovely castle on such a, a sunny day. Thank you very much. Thank you, David. <laughs> Into the Mothlight is a Charles S. Bravo production. You can follow us on Twitter at the Mothlight Pod, email your questions and comments to mothlightpodcast at gmail.com, or find us on Facebook at Mothlight Podcast. Like us, rate and review us wherever you find your podcasts. This podcast isn't sponsored by anyone. Perhaps you can do something about that. Until next time, 
Goodbye.